Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today I am so excited to share this sermon with you, preached by my great friend, Pastor Caleb Stone. He is going to lead us through Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. He's going to explain why, as Christians, we face spiritual warfare, and he's going to explain how we can have victory in spiritual warfare. Today, Pastor Caleb is going to wrap up this great series called The Pursuit with today's sermon called The Pursuit of Spiritual Victory. If you'll open with me to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start at verse 10. Can we pray real quick before we get started? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day that we have, Lord. Father, we thank you for the love, for the grace, for the goodness that you have shown to each one of us in here, Lord. Father, we thank you that none of us get lost in the crowd. That you don't confuse us with anyone else. Father, we thank you that you know each of us by name, by heart, Lord. Father, we thank you, God. We pray that you'll bless this time we have together, Lord. Father, we pray that you will speak to each of us, individually, personally, and intimately. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place today, and we ask you to fill each one of us here. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Teach us wisdom. Teach us obedience, Lord. We lift up your holy name. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I am not a fighter. That's not something I ever want to do. Let me go ahead and just paint an image for you. Imagine I'm in a food court, right? And I'm just minding my business. I'm reading a book or listening to my music or whatever. And I stand up to leave And a very large man bumps into me. And he's mad at me. He wants to pick a fight with me. He's had a bad day. He wants to take it out on somebody. I got one move. One. That I can defend myself with. It's very effective. Works every time. I'll I'll teach you right now. It's classified information you're learning. Plant both your feet. Raise your hand like this. You stupid. I'm out of here. And then you run as fast as you can. (laughs) Works every time. Hasn't failed. I don't like fighting. I don't like hurting people. I don't like getting hurt. It doesn't entertain me. So if somebody's ever, you know, insulting me or running their mouth about me, I'm probably not going to do anything about it because I just don't want to fight. However, i got two exceptions that will make me fight. There are two things that will make me throw hands. I will fight to defend myself, and I will fight to defend those whom I love. If you put your hands on me, I'm going to hurt you. If you put your hands on somebody I love, I'm going to hurt you, and I'm going to hurt you bad. The point of that being... If you have something in your life 
that you are not willing to fight to protect, you have no business having it in your life. If you have something or someone in your life that you truly love, you must be willing to defend them no matter what is coming against them. And you see, I'm no longer speaking in the sense of physical fighting. See, we as Christians, as the church, we know a completely different type of battle. I am speaking in the sense of spiritual warfare. Now, for some of you, that might have been the first time you've ever heard those words put together. So I'm going to teach on that today, but before I can get into the text, before I can teach, I'm going to ask you to do something that might make you a little uneasy at first. We're going to pray together one more time, and I'm going to ask you to please make yourself vulnerable and allow yourself to be uncomfortable. I'm going to ask you to pray with me, not just me praying, pray with me to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you today. What's the first step to breaking an addiction? Admitting you have a problem. And one of the first steps to growing in your walk with Christ is admitting that you have a lot of room to grow. You don't have it all figured out. I'm sorry if you're just now learning this, but you're not perfect. You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit inside of you. And that's what we're built for. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. There's there's no building that a man can create that can contain God's Spirit. Only God can create a temple that can contain his own spirit. And he created us in his image. We are designed to harbor within ourselves the Spirit that created everything around us. That's amazing. Why would you squander that? Why would you throw that away because you're afraid of being uncomfortable? So I'm going to ask you today, because what I'm going to teach today may be difficult for some people. It might make you feel guilty. But my goal is not to make you feel bad. It is to teach you things that you need to know about spiritual warfare. And I promise you, if you make yourself vulnerable, if you allow the Holy Spirit to convict you, Number one, that's a good thing because that means God loves you and he wants to teach you and he wants you to grow. And number two, it means you will grow. So can we do that today? Can we pray one more time together for the Holy Spirit to convict us? Can we do that? Let's pray together. Father, we worship you. King of kings and Lord of lords, master of the universe. The Holy One. The righteous one, perfect in every conceivable way. Father, we worship you because you are deserving. You are worthy of being worshipped, Lord. Not us. So, Father, we humble ourselves today. And we confess together as the church, as the body of Christ, we confess that we are not perfect. That we don't have this figured out. And that we are desperate, Lord, for your teachings. We are desperate for you to teach us, Lord. We are desperate for you to speak to us, each of us here, Lord. So, Father, today, we check our pride at the door. We're leaving our egos outside. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, we beg of you, Holy Spirit, convict us. Convict our hearts and our spirits, Lord. Father, each and every one of us needs to hear this message today. So, Father, we pray that you'll speak to us today through your word. And, Father, we are vulnerable before you. And we are asking you, make us uncomfortable with ourselves. 
Make us feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. For it is in that conviction we find your love, Lord. We thank you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Today, we are going to answer five questions together. These are five questions that every Christian, I believe, needs to know how to answer if they are going to be at all effective in any form of spiritual warfare. Five questions. Question number one, are we fighting? Are we at war? We live in a very luxurious land here in America. I'm not saying it's always perfect. I'm not saying it's always easy. But more often than not, we're quite comfortable, at least compared to other parts of the world. And the problem with this comfortability that we have is we get complacent. We put our eyes on how easy our lives are supposed to be. We start getting selfish, and we blind ourselves to what's happening in the realm around us in a realm we can't see. We forget as Christians that there is a spiritual war going on. There is a battle taking place for the souls of mankind. It is happening. It is real. So the answer to that question is yes. We are at war. And you have to be able to accept that because you can't win a fight you don't know you're in. So, yes, we're at war. Question number two, who are we fighting? The way Satan tries to win his battles is through distraction. He can't beat any of us with brute force. He just can't. He can't touch us. He does not have the authority to make us sin He can't take our will away from us. He can't do it. So how does Satan fight? He fights with distraction. He wants you to believe that they are the enemy. Them over there, whoever they are, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, Whoever they are that you don't like, they're the problem. They're the enemy. Those are the people that you need to save all your hate for. That's what Satan wants to convince you of. 
There is nothing that frustrates Satan more than somebody who acknowledges his existence. Because when you acknowledge that Satan exists, you realize they are not the enemy. They are not the problem. I'm not saying they're not responsible for their actions. I'm not saying they're not doing wicked things. But they are not the enemy. He is the enemy. Them down there, not over there. Them down there, they are the enemy. They're the problem. They're the ones that we need to be fighting against. Not them over there. So what has Satan tried to put into our country? A spirit of division. He wants us divided. He wants the church divided. He wants us to hate each other. To fight each other. Because if we're too busy fighting each other, we don't have any room or energy to fight him. Hell loves it when we fight each other. They love it. And that's more than just in the grand scale. It happens in your home too. Some of you right now are struggling to save your marriage. You're in a battle for your marriage, and it's hard, and you're brokenhearted. Every day is a brand new argument. When you wake up in the morning, you're disgusted when you look at them. You're angry with them all the time. There's always a fight. Somebody's screaming at somebody. Somebody's angry at somebody. Somebody's lying to somebody. And so Satan wants to convince you that the problem with your marriage is them. It's your wife or it's your husband. Satan hates it when you realize that the person God has called you to fight is not the person God has called you to love. They are not your enemy. I'm not saying they're not responsible for their actions. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be held accountable. But they are not the enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. Stop treating her like she is. Your husband is not your enemy. Stop treating him like he is. The moment you realize that they are not the enemy and that he is, Satan gets a massive headache. And he's very frustrated. Because there's nothing more dangerous than a husband and wife who can pray together. And it's the same thing with your kids. You may be frustrated with your kids. They may be going down a terrible path right now. They may be making some bad decisions. And they may be frustrating you. Those kids that are giving you attitude every day, who don't listen to you, who don't want anything to do with you, Please, mom, dad, your kids are not your enemy. Please stop talking to them like they are. Stop treating them like they are. Stop treating your own family like they're the ones trying to tear you down. What is tearing you down is not the, not the people who live in your home. It is the demon you have allowed into your home. And I said that intentionally. I said you have allowed that demon into your home. If you're truly washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you've welcomed the Holy Spirit into your home, if you are a household that prays, Satan can't touch you. He can't come near you. But the moment you let your guard down, boom, there he is. The second you let your guard down. Y'all remember that sermon I preached on Gideon, right? Those soldiers that held their weapon in their hands and knelt down to drink the water with the other, those are the soldiers that stayed in their army. 
the soldiers that put their weapon down to dunk their head into the water, they went home. Because the soldiers that kept their weapons in their hands, they were ready for a fight, even while they were drinking their water. Let your guard down. I promise you Satan's going to pounce on you. He is not bold. He is not courageous. He is not brave. He is a coward who waits for you to be all by yourself so he can pick you apart. When you are divided from your family, when our church is divided, when our country is divided, that's when Satan attacks. If we are a united church, there is not a demon in hell that we can't fight. When we are a united family, there is not a demon in hell that can come anywhere near you. They can't have your husband. They can't have your wife. They can't have your kids. They just can't. But you must be able to answer that question. Who are we fighting? It's not them. It's him. Our enemy is hell. Amen? Amen. Question three. What are we fighting for? I'm going to ask you all to do something for me. If you have your spouse sitting next to you, I want you to either hold their hand or hold them close. Wrap your arm around them, hold their hand, whatever makes you all comfortable. Just hold them close. If you don't have them with you, that's fine. Pull up a picture of them on your phone and just look at them real quick. I know it hurts to look at them, but just do it anyways. Now, if you have kids, if they're sitting next to you, hold them close too. If you don't have them with you, pull up a picture of them on your phone and just look at them for a second. Your pastor is giving you permission to look at your phone while he's preaching. Don't waste this golden opportunity. If you have your brother or your sister with you, Hold them close. If you don't have them with you, look at them on your phone. Your friends, hold them close. Don't have them with you, look at them on your phone. Now just hold them for a second. Just stay right there. And think about how much you love that person that's in your arms right now. Think about how much they mean to you. I see parents holding their kids right now. I don't doubt for a second each one of you would lay your life down for your child. Husbands and wives are holding each other right now, and it's a beautiful thing. Because I know you would storm the gates of hell for that person God has entrusted to you. Amen. Am I wrong? You love those people? Now just take a quick look around you at this church that you're in. Look to your left and right. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. That is what we're fighting for. That is what we are fighting hell for. We're not fighting them because it's fun. It's not a hobby. It's not entertaining. We are fighting them because we love what God has given us. Because we love God, our Father in heaven. We love our King Jesus, the one who loved us so much. He bore the punishment for our sins for us.
He bore on his shoulders the wrath of God for us because he loves us. Jesus fought and won for those whom he loves. That's what we're fighting for. Now, earlier, I asked you to humble yourself, make yourself vulnerable, and allow the Holy Spirit to convict you, and this is why. This is the part of the message that many of you will try to ignore because you think it won't apply to you. And I'm not saying that applies to everybody, but you know who you are. So this may be difficult for you, but please, please hear me. I love you. I'm saying this because I love you. There's a man I follow. His name is Chris Crone. He's not a preacher, but he's a, he's a saved man. He teaches a lot of financial stuff. I follow him on the internet. And he was on a podcast one day. And he was talking about self-defense classes. And what he was talking about in the physical sense, I took it in the spiritual sense. And I don't know if it was the way he said it or maybe the Lord was speaking to me while he said it. But he asked a question that has not left my brain since I heard it. What if there was that one time you were called to protect your family and you were completely useless? That's a question that hurts because we know that is some of us. It's been all of us at some point or another. What I was saying earlier, we got so comfortable, we're ignoring the fact that there's a spiritual war going on. And so when the war comes home, when Satan starts attacking your wife with depression, or he's hitting your, your husband with loneliness and anger, or he's coming after your kids to try to shake their faith, to make them doubt, to make them question. When that day comes, some of you, you won't do anything about it. You just won't. I'm not saying it to make you feel bad. I'm really not. But some of you know that when Satan comes for your family, or maybe he's coming at your family right now, and you're just not doing anything about it. You're sitting there waiting for things to play out, hoping that they'll get better. Hoping that one day it'll just go away. Maybe these fights will stop. Maybe we just, just need a little bit more time. Maybe my wife and me just need a little bit more space. That's not it. It's just not. Your marriage is under attack because there's a spiritual war going on and you're not fighting it. And you're losing because you're not fighting it. And so your family is falling apart because you're just not doing anything about it. You can't win this war if you don't fight it. I don't doubt your love for your family. I know you love them. You wouldn't have them right now if you didn't love them. But if you love them, you must be willing to fight for them. And some of you just aren't. Whatever the reason may be, maybe you're tired. Maybe you're going through your own stuff. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe they hurt you. 
I know it's hard. But if you love them, you must be willing to fight for them. And you have to be willing to do that because that's what Jesus was willing to do for you. Those nails that went into his hands and feet, those were your nails. Those were my nails. Those whips that crashed down on his back and ripped the flesh off of him, those were my whips, your whips. That punishment he suffered was ours. We were the ones hurting him. I was the one hammering those nails into his hands. You want to know my favorite part in all of Scripture? The one thing that gives me hope more than anything else is when Jesus was on that cross, when he was hanging up there suffering for our sins. And he could have said or done anything he wanted. He could have looked up to heaven and said, God, I've had enough. They don't deserve me. Get rid of them. And just annihilated us right then and there. He could have. But you know what Jesus used his last breaths on? His last few minutes on this earth. You want to know what he used his pained breathing to say? He looked up to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. There is no more precious and perfect love than that of Jesus. That while we were the ones that put him on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They just don't know what they're doing. Jesus looked at us, and he didn't say, I'm mad at you. He didn't say, I hate you. He didn't say, you deserve what I'm getting right now. He said, I love you, and I don't care what I have to go through. I will save you. And he bore our punishment, and he fought all of hell on our behalf because he loved us. If he didn't love us, he would have just left us to fight this war on our own, and we would have stood no chance. No chance at all. But he said, I'm not doing this because I love them too much. I will sacrifice everything. I'll give my place in heaven. I'll give up my throne. I will give up my crown. I will live the life of a slave and as a peasant, and I will die as a thief because I love them too much to not fight for them. I will give my life for them. And all I want is to have them with me. Question three, who are we fighting for? We're fighting for each other. In the name of God's glory, we are fighting for each other. Our wives and husbands, our sons and daughters, our brothers and sisters, our friends, and the church that we've been adopted into, that's who we're fighting for. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, don't you ever forget how much the people you love mean to you. And if they mean anything to you at all, you'll fight for them on their behalf. I apologize. Question four. What are we fighting with? We know we're fighting. We know the enemy. We know the goal. 
what we're fighting to protect. What are our weapons? I have a question for you. Just by a show of hands, answer this. How many of you are aware that we have prayer meeting at this church every Tuesday night? Just slip your hand up if you're aware of that. There's a lot of you that don't know. You can put your hands back down. There's a lot of you that don't know, and we apologize for not expressing the importance of prayer meeting. If you don't know much about prayer meeting, let me tell you real quick. We meet here in this sanctuary at 6.30 every Tuesday night, and we pray. Ends at about 7.30, and we, we mostly just pray. Every now and then again, we'll have a teaching, a message that the Lord calls us to share. We don't have live music. We don't ask you to come up and share anything. We just meet together, and we just pray. Let me express to you the importance of Tuesday night prayer. If I had to give up either Sunday mornings or Tuesday nights, if we had to decide which one of those services to get rid of, I would want us to get rid of Sunday mornings. I love Sunday mornings. I do. I love coming here and meeting with everybody on Sunday mornings. I do. But I wouldn't give up our time of prayer for anything. Why? Because that's what we are fighting with. What's the sword that Paul told us to use? The sword of the spirit of truth. And what is that? It's the word of God. When we pray, we're not just throwing words up into the sky. We're not wishing. We're not hoping. We are fighting. We are waging a spiritual war. You want to know how effective that weapon is? It's very effective. Because in using that weapon, this church fought for me. They fought on my behalf. They took authority over the demons that were stomping my head in with depression and loneliness and anger. They fought for me. They took authority over those demons. They cut them down and they sent them on their way. And I'll never forget it. I was standing right here on a Tuesday night. I was right here. And that was when I gave my life to Christ. It didn't happen on a Sunday morning. It didn't happen because of how good the music was. It didn't even happen because of how good the preacher was. It happened because of how good my God was. I was saved because of how effective his word is. We are fighting beings that are trying so hard to convince you that they are so much bigger and scarier than they actually are. Satan would try to convince you that he's this giant, monstrous, demon, beast king. He's a snake, and he was the first one to fall. That's all he was. That's all he is. He may be the best liar in the universe, but that's all he'll ever be. He's nothing special, I promise you. In the face of our God, every demon in hell is nothing more than a speck of dust that is crushed under his heel. So when we fight, we fight with spiritual weapons. We don't fight by waiting it out. 
We don't fight by hoping things get better. We take action, and we meet here on Tuesday nights. We meet at home. We get with our wives and our husbands and our children. We meet, and we pray together. We use the Word of God in our prayers, and we fight hell. And when we use the Word of God, it works. When Jesus was in the wilderness, and Satan was tempting him, what did Jesus fight back with? The Word of God. The Word of God. He's the Son of God. He could have just blinked him out of existence right there. He didn't have to. He had his Word. What more could we possibly need? We don't need bigger churches. We don't need more comfortable seats. We don't need better music. All we need is the Word of God. Again, I'm going to ask you to be uncomfortable and just be honest. This book right here is the most important weapon you have in your arsenal. But some of you don't care. To so many people, this is church merchandise. This is a decoration to have in your house. Your wives and your husbands and your children are getting assaulted by hell. And you have the most powerful and effective weapon of mass destruction sitting there on your end table. And it's sitting there collecting dust. Start using it. Let the Holy Spirit convict you of your distance from his word. Draw back to it and start using it. If you're battling an addiction, use the word. If you're battling temptation, use the word of God. If you're battling rage, use the word of God. If your marriage is falling apart, if there's been lies, if there has been anger, if there's been constant arguing for the past few years, if there's been a lack of intimacy, if there's been an affair, the word of God is right there. And with this word, there is not a stronghold Satan could ever build that can withstand its might. You have the nuclear option. Launch the doomsday device. Start fighting back. Start praying. My hope and my prayer is that you will meet with us on Tuesday nights. If your marriage is struggling, if you're battling addiction, or if you just feel like you're growing distant from God, we ask you to come join us on Tuesday nights. We don't take up an offering. We're not doing this to fill up the calendar. We do it because we believe in the effectiveness of prayer. We believe it works. I have to believe it works. Because it was used to save me. God used the prayers of his people to fight back the darkness that was killing me. And it saved my life. It saved my soul. So we hope that you'll join us on Tuesday nights. That you'll join us for prayer. If you need prayer, if you're battling right now in a war that you're afraid you might be losing, come join us for prayer. If you come up to me after this service and you ask me for prayer, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll pray with you right then and there. I'm not going to say, oh, I'll pray for you. We're going to sit right here. We're going to touch and we're going to agree. 
We are going to bind Satan, take authority over hell. We are going to take the word of God, and we're going to start swinging that thing until no demon is left standing. So we know the answer to the first four questions now. Are we fighting? Yes. Who are we fighting? Our true enemy, hell. What are we fighting for? The saints, God's people, God's children, God's beloved, your families, your church. That's who we're fighting for. What are we fighting with? A weapon that cannot be destroyed. And now the fifth question. Are we going to win? If you are struggling in your faith right now, that is a difficult question to answer. Because you just don't know. When you've been beaten down by a fallen world that hates you in a system designed for your destruction and the destruction of your family, that is such a difficult question to answer. Are we going to win? Because for so many of us, there's been nothing but loss. Nothing but failure, nothing but tragedy, nothing but sin, nothing but addiction and temptation and marriage is failing. That's, that's, for so many of us, that's all we've known. We've lived with depression or anxiety or things like that. So when we ask, are we going to win? We don't know. So many of us just don't know. And I fed you a lot of bad news today, and I'm sorry about that. But you want to know the beauty of the gospel? There is no bad news I can ever give you that I can't counteract with good news. That is the beauty of the gospel. There is always, no matter the situation, no matter how how high the mountain is or how deep the valley, there is always good news. Here's the good news. Are we going to win? We don't have to. We have already won. What happened on that cross was not the beginning, it was the end. Victory has been achieved, not by our might or our strength, but by the grace of God. His blood ran on that cross, hell shook. It trembled in terror and fear, and Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm just getting started. He said, it is finished. The battle is the Lord's. Do not live in fear for another day in your life. Do not live in worry and anxiety another day in your life. I want you to start holding your head up high. I want you to start walking through this world with a smile on your face, with joy in your heart, with hope in your spirit. And I want you to know you don't have to win this fight. Jesus already has. The battle has been won. If you're fighting for your family, if you're fighting for your de- against your depression, against your addiction, I don't care what the demon is, how scary he wants you to think he is, I do not care. The battle is the Lord's. Jesus has won. The blood of the Lamb is sufficient to redeem you of all your sins. The blood of the Lamb is sufficient to free any prisoner, to break any chain, to move any mountains. This battle belongs to the Lord. Don't you ever go through life thinking differently again. Again, this is a difficult message for many of you. It was emotional. I know. And your feelings might have gotten hurt. That's a good thing, though. The beauty of the conviction of the Holy Spirit 
is that though it may feel uncomfortable, though you may feel guilty a little bit, though your heart might be breaking, that is a sign of God's love for you. If you fail to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit after living in His Word, after begging Him to come to you, if you fail to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that means God's given up on you. And if God's given up on you, that means He's already taken your life from this earth. If you have breath in your lungs, you have hope. There is still a light. Love still exists. You still have a future. God has not given up on you. If you're here, if you're hearing my voice, you have a chance to turn this around. I asked a question earlier. This, I said, what if there was that one time you were called to defend your family and you were completely useless? For some of you, you are. I'm sorry, but that's just the brutal reality of it. You're completely ineffective. And the good news, you don't have to be. You can change that right here today. So this altar is open now. We have people who will pray with you. If you are ready to start waging true spiritual warfare, if you are ready to start defending your family, then you come right now. You kneel at this altar, and we have people that will pray with you. If you are ready for your life to be different, to be radically changed, if you are ready to start fighting on behalf of your family, on behalf of your church, then you come here right now. Don't wait. Don't be disobedient. There's some of you that you know you're supposed to be up here right now, and you're fighting it. You're trying not to. Please let the Holy Spirit guide you. If you need prayer, if you need to feel some change in your life, then you come right now. Let the rest of us begin to pray. Don't wait. Don't you wait. Don't be hesitant. You come right now. Father, we worship you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you within this place. God, there are so many of us who have been living a life of laziness and complacency, a life of fear and doubt, a life where we have acted like we just don't care anymore where our families are just irrelevant to us. We've given up on them, Lord. Father, we ask you to convict us and forgive us, Lord. Father, we know that there is not a sin we can commit that is greater than your grace. We know you are so good, Lord. So, Father, we ask you, forgive us for our complacency. And, God, we ask you to give us your Holy Spirit. For those of us that don't have it today, Lord, let us feel your Holy Spirit inside of us. That's what we were designed for, Lord, to be a vessel for your Holy Spirit, Lord. God, we thank you. God, we love you. God, we worship you. Hallelujah. Your church sings hallelujah. We sing hallelujah, Lord, for you are worthy and you are good to us. disobey if you feel the Lord pressing you to come up here you come up here right now line up against the wall if there's no room stand if you have to I don't care you obey the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit we ask you to soften our hearts 
to bring about a movement within each of us, Lord, a fire that will never die out. Ignite within us a burning flame. God, equip us for warfare. This oh-so-important battle waged all around us. And war can be scary, Lord, but we will walk through this valley of the shadow of death and we shall fear no evil for you God are with us and you have equipped us for this battle and while we are equipped while we don the armor of God while we wield the sword of the spirit of truth while we wield the the word of God we shall fear no demon we will fear nothing Lord We agree now, Lord, as a church, we agree. We bind this spirit of anxiety and fear in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of division in Jesus' name. Any dark and malevolent spirit that is attacking your church here and now, Lord, we bind them in Jesus' name, and we claim they have no authority here. Lord, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, and we have accepted you as our King and our Savior. And, Lord, we are seeking to hear from you. Convict us, Holy Spirit. Bless us, Holy Spirit. Not because we're worthy, but because we're desperate, Lord, and because we know you're so good. Father, move within each of us. Father, let there be peace within these households. These marriages that have been fighting, struggling to stay together, holding on by a thread. Lord, we call these marriages blessed in Jesus' name. And Father, let there be conviction within these families. Hallelujah, Father, we worship you. We declare here and now, Lord, We're not winning this battle. We've won this battle. We say the victory is the Lord's. Church, I feel this very strongly. Please join me in this. If you can, if you would just stand with me and pray with me. Don't let it just be me. There's a difference between me leading the prayer and me being the only one praying. Pray with me. Lift your voices. I don't care who's standing next to you. I don't care what they think of you. Just do it. Let the Lord hear your voice. And if you can, lift your hands with me and let's celebrate. Let us worship the Lord for his victory. Father, we worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. God of all creation, King of kings and Lord of lords. Mighty is our King Jesus. Victorious is our King Jesus. We declare this battle is the Lord's. We worship you, Father, and we celebrate on this day. We proclaim here and now, we agree as the church, as the body of Christ, we agree. Satan has been defeated. Hell has been defeated. Death has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. Darkness has been defeated. And heaven reigns, Lord. The King Jesus reigns supreme. Hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus, and we will walk through this dark and terrible valley without fear, Lord. We will continue to worship you as we walk throughout our lives, no matter how painful it might be, no matter how much it might hurt, Lord, no matter how scared we might become, we will worship you, Lord. And Father, when we stumble and fall, we know you will not abandon us. It's in your word, Lord. You'll never leave us nor forsake us.
Father, pick us back up and help us on our way. When we're messing up, when we're doing something wrong, Father, show us grace and teach us to do differently. Let us feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit inside of us, Lord. Let us feel guilty for the things that are breaking your heart. Let the things that hurt you hurt us, Lord. Let what makes you sad, what makes you cry, make us cry, Lord Jesus. Give us a passion for our families that we've never had before, a passion for our marriages we've never had before, our children and our siblings and our church, Lord, and the people outside of this church, the people that don't know you, Lord. Let us feel a passion inside each of us, Lord Jesus. A desire to fight on their behalf, Lord. And may we do so without hesitation, Lord. Teach us obedience. Teach us how to pray. God, teach us, teach these families how to pray together, Lord. Not how to avoid conflict. Teach them how to pray together, Lord. When they're fighting or when they're arguing, let both of them just feel the sudden need to just drop to their knees, stop what they're saying, and just pray. Pray together, Lord. Put back together what is being torn apart. Let this not be a day of sadness or of fear. Let this be a day of rejoicing, a day of hope, a day of redemption, of grace, and peace. Peace from the Lord which surpasses all understanding. Mm. Hallelujah, Lord. Say that with me, church. Lift your voice. Just say hallelujah. 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 Oh, we worship you, Lord Jesus. We declare victory in Jesus' name. We celebrate, Lord. You have defeated hell, death, and the grave. And oh, how we long for the day, Lord, where all of your church, past, present, and future, will we get to celebrate your victory together. When we hear your choir sing, when we hear your people pray, when hell and death are cast away into their judgment, when we stand at your throne, at peace, complete, whole, oh, what a glorious day it will be, Lord. So we celebrate, God, and we thank you. Bless your holy name. We love you, Lord. And one more time, this church says hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Bless each of us today. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. And God's people said, amen. Do you use a streaming device at home or at work? Simply say, Hey Google, play Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts' podcast and listen to our weekly podcast that is the current sermon that I preach each week at Preaching Christ Church.